Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Any more liberation? Any more liberation? Any more liberation? Hi everyone, welcome to Freedom of Species, the radio show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. That was Sally with Out of the Pan that just finished up and the last song that she played was Rich Webb with Stray Horse Canyon. And today, my name's Trevor, by the way, I'm joined with Carolyn. Hello. And uh, we have a guest today, Jolene from Project Fresh Start. Welcome. Thank you. It's such a privilege to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Yeah, no worries. We're very excited to have you. Thanks so much. We might start off, um, Jolene, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested and got involved with um, animal rights advocacy and veganism. Just tell us all a bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I guess my journey into um, veganism probably started at a very young age, um, had my first sort of delve into veganism when I was in my teenage years. Um, it was, I've always been really interested in social justice. It's um, something I've always been passionate about. And as a very empathetic person, I guess I just sort of saw it as an extension of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of did that for a few years and then I decided to become a chef and gave it up for a while. Oh, um, yeah. because yeah, it wasn't really accepted back in those days, <laughs> mm. uh, especially while travelling and working in restaurants. And um, and so I guess I just kind of transitioned back um, maybe 10 years later, slowly, uh, back into veganism. But it wasn't until the, the last few years of my career that I um, kind of explored plant-based cooking. Uh, where it's way more accepted in Melbourne. Mm. Um, I was very lucky as my career as a chef to um, be able to travel around Australia and um, different places of the world and um, use my career to see places and communities I would never normally have um, been able to go, you know, Indigenous communities. And I worked at Christmas Island and lots of different places. Mm. So I think the trade-off for me was um, being able to see these places and... Mm. Um, yeah, when I got back to Melbourne, um, I was pretty excited to see how accepted veganism was or how I perceived it at that time anyway. When was that? Um, so that was probably about uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I sort of first arrived and made lots of friends who were all vegan, you know, Previous to that, I'd kind of been the only person in these, you know, little country communities and no one really understood what veganism was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was quite exciting to um, come back and meet people and I was really excited to get involved in um, the animal rights activism to begin with, yeah. And I guess that journey has just been me trying to find my place in that mm. and try and find something that I could contribute to the community and to be effective and mm. so yeah that's what I've spent a lot of my time doing and um, Project Fresh Start is something that um, has been in the back of my head for a long time in a different kind of way and yeah it's just in the last couple of years it's really come about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. it's fantastic. Do you want to talk a little bit about what Project Fresh Start is so we know that you're a not-for-profit organisation? Yeah Have sure. So, over to you. Um, so Project Fresh Start, um, I guess it has a – I really wanted to create um, something within the food relief um, space that mm. was, you know, sustainable, ethical and um, aligned with all of our values. Um, in the city of Frankston where I live and I'm very 
passionate about. I love Frankston and all the people there and um, I wanted to be a part of that and be a part of a community. I've led such a transient life. I wanted to have a contribution to the community and um, there's already a lot of food relief um, places in Frankston but um, none of them were doing what we do now. So Project Fresh Start runs a little bit differently. Um, What I noticed when I was volunteering in that space um, was that there's a lot of shame around food insecurity Mm. Um, and I wanted to create something where people could come and and share and collect food without, you know, having to show their healthcare card or Mm, prove their, you know, their socioeconomic status. You know, I wanted it to be more of a community feel. So um, Mm. I wanted to create something where people could, we could get to know the community and they could get to know us and and then use that to promote plant-based food. And I've been really happy of how well we've been accepted into the community. So when did it start up? Like when did you actually start? Uh, Only May May last year. Okay. Mm. Yeah, so um, the fridge only started um, in July this year. Yeah, it's taken me a long time to get that up and running. So, so what was the first year before the fridge? Yeah, so previous on? to that, um, we just decided to start cooking. So I kind of chose a um, an area called the Ambassador um, Ambassador Apartments in Frankston, which are mm-hmm. a very well-known kind of low socioeconomic area where I thought we would be most needed. So every Saturday we'd go down there and take some food and groceries and just set up and start cooking. Um to find the kitchen to cook in, we actually found the um, there was a church that allowed us to use their kitchen for free. We'd kind of looked at community oh, cool. centres, yeah. but they all wanted to charge us, and yeah. it was really hard to find that. But um, yeah, we were really lucky to find a little kitchen that they were quite happy to have us there, and That's they right. really supported us, and they've continued to support us throughout the journey, which um, which yeah. has been really great. We've since moved to a bigger kitchen, but. Um, I'm very appreciative of that very first kitchen mm. where we started. And so we would just cook the food and transport it down and then just set up. Um, in the beginning, I was really concerned about, you know, um, getting all the right permits and doing all the things right. You know, my I'd been really um, uh, interested in, you know, like the Community Union Defence League and Food Not Bombs mm. and yeah. I'd been following what they did and I actually... Um, reached out to them for a bit of advice as well and when I was kind of struggling for a bit you know like oh they want me to have this and and they're like just do it just go and start cooking (laughs) (laughs) don't worry what they say and I'm like okay (laughs) all right and um and I actually found that yeah once you get started then you can kind of learn as you go along you know I need to do this or I need to do that but it's just that fear in the beginning that you know you're going to get shut down or yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. a bit of apprehension I'm sure it's a new initiative and yeah you know, you're, and you want it to be sustainable you know for sure and you're leading <laughs> yeah. this but so back to those early days yeah. around the ambassador so people might know that on the yeah. Payne Highway in Frankston it's yeah. you know, quite quite visible yeah. what was the response of people who would come and collect food from you yeah. And what was this, the broader community response to that? Um, great how, from how the people. How often were you doing it? Every, well? every weekend, yeah, every Saturday. Every Saturday, every Saturday. Yeah. 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 we'd go down there. And then over COVID, we, um, we started a text-based service. Um, oh, right. With the, yeah, we were kind of really influenced. Like the Sikhs were out there doing that. We are like, well, we can do that too on a much smaller scale. Yeah. And so, yeah, the residents would text us and then um, – and then we would send two people down to deliver the food while the rest of us cooked in the kitchen. So we were really lucky that the church allowed us to continue over COVID mm. um, and that we could continue to do that um, at the Ambassador. Um, yeah, so... Sorry, what was the original question? So, <laughs> I, so I guess in the in those oh, early days, yeah, yeah. I guess it was a bit of word of mouth that people found out. Yeah, about I think what a lot of the community and, thought we were a bit crazy yeah. going into that place. You know, like do you have right. security and all this kind of stuff? But the people there were lovely and they were really yeah. accepting, and we made some really great friendships there. Yeah, yeah. So it was a really good experience, and um, uh, around that time as well, um, I started because I was working in the food relief as a volunteer with Community Support Frankston, which is one of the busiest places in Frankston, um, doing food relief and material aid. And and we started a meat-free Monday there. Like every mm-hmm. Monday we would make the food oh, cool. that would normally be supplied by Meals on Wheels. Um, was that something you had to 
campaign for or did someone else well i'd been volunteering there for a while so i had to kind of you know gain the trust but <laughs> yeah yeah um it was really well received so oh, cool. yeah and so we did that for about six months until i um because by work i couldn't continue to do that but it was a little bit of an experiment just to see how the community would accept it as well as you know the um the organizers and yeah all the um feedback was really positive and yeah there was you know, it kind of opens the door for positive conversations around veganism. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. So I've been really surprised. To be honest, I thought there'd be a lot more backlash than there was from the About community. veganism yeah, specifically? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, I think because we kind of went into it very gently. Yeah. You know, um, and for a lot of people, I don't think they even realised the food was vegan <laughs> <laughs> right. until, you know, after a little bit of time. But um, even on – because now we're actually serving um, every second weekend. Uh, we do a sit-down meal at uh, one of the churches. And um, we kind of get the same people in a lot now. It's become a little bit of a community, which is really nice. Mm. Um, but now they're starting to ask questions, you know. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good questions or? Yeah, yeah, like positive <laughs> questions and, um, yeah, especially around health and, you know, the mm -hmm. benefits and all that kind of thing. And Okay. And, yeah, they're curious. People are curious. Oh, why do you do this? Why is the food vegan, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think once, as Carolyn knows, you know, when we've done back in those days where we did our free plant milk day <laughs> down in Frankston. Yeah. People are really curious. And if you're offering them something yeah, yeah. Uh, without judgment, then, um, yeah, you tend to be able to have those conversations. Yeah. So have you had any negative responses from people saying, you know, why are you pushing this on me or I'm not going to have not this at or all. anything like that? No, not at all. Um, That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think because maybe maybe as well, because we don't really advertise it as, you know, vegan you know we yeah. just say we're doing healthy plant-based food yeah. and it's free so and delicious food right so delicious food's always a yeah, way yeah we to put a lot of <laughs> we put a lot of love into <laughs> to welcome we and bring yeah. people in isn't it absolutely yeah. like i'm really lucky to have you know a heap of volunteers that and not all of them are vegan either like it's a very diverse bunch of people that that come and cook and help out yeah. and um and yeah is your new kit you said you moved to a bigger kitchen yeah you do you have to pay for that one? Or is no, it this is another church kitchen. Awesome. Um, and they've also got a hall where they allow us to seat people, oh, wow. which has um, okay. been a bit of a game changer, yeah. Because um, before that, we were using a food van as well and um, serving out of a car park. Are you uh, still doing that or have you just switched? To no, the... no, we've just switched to that. And um, and now, obviously, the community fridge is the secondary place where people can get food. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And for people who don't know, like me, about the community fridge, like yeah. the details, what like where is it or what yeah when is it open or what how do people use it yeah so that was a bit tricky in the beginning was just to find the location of where to put it because it really needs to be manned um right. unfortunately you can't just put it out in the street the council won't let you do that which i would love to do mm. <laughs> um so we actually we have it there's a place on young street in frankston across the road from the train station called the bayside community collective and so it's an op shop and a community cafe all in one and so it's actually at the back of the op shop. And so, yeah, we just charge a fee. We, oh, we, um, we pay a fee to have it there, but they, um, they look after it for us. Um, oh, okay. And, yeah, I stop that probably two to three times a week. So we probably go through about 100 meals a week. Yeah, out of that fridge. And so when, when is it open? Uh, 10 till 3, um, yeah, every day. Okay. Um, people just need to go into the op shop and the ladies will go and show you the fridge and you can take whatever you want. And that's... So it's whenever and, the op shop's open. Mm. Yeah, yeah which, the and they're open every day. So, um, yeah. yeah, and that's another thing that I kind of... makes us a little bit different is that I don't put a limit on what people can take. Um, you know, especially with our Saturday meals, you know, people will come and I usually put on a big buffet and people will take food home for the week or mm. the same with the fridge. I don't want to limit it. Um, too much and you know everyone's kind of said oh you know but you'll never have food there but I have you had ever that run issue out? have you had it get cleaned oh yeah before? yeah we do but then I just cook more you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um and I've been very lucky to um have uh met quite a few people who are able to donate the food to me so um there's a really really good platform called Bright Spark 
um, which is uh, a guy called Charbel. He's a bit of a tech guy who's created this platform uh, in Melbourne, and I think it might do Sydney as well. But anyway, he uh, restaurants or grocers or factories if they have leftover food, they put it on the platform, and there's about um, 300 charities. We're one of them that can claim the food, and we just have to go and pick it up. It's a really good platform, and it's oh, wow. a way of reducing food waste. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some really good programs out there. It's just um, the problem is just distribution with the food waste I'm finding. Right. Yeah. yeah. So who's contributing the food? Yeah. Who's con- who, 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 you know, okay, I understand the BrightSpark platform is a way to connect with food that might be com- yep. coming available. Yeah. But where is that food coming from? Is it from you know, cafes, shops, a combination of all those? A bit of everything when yeah. it comes to the platform. Um, most of our food usually comes, um, so community support, Frankston, get all of their food donated through Food Bank, uh, Oz Harvest, right. um, and also through BrightSpark. And so um, at the end of the week, uh, they can't use that food, all the fruit and veg anyway. So every Friday mm. we go and pick up the excess of that and then we'll um, – there's also Planet Fresh in Frankston sometimes give us a call when they've got extra. And I've recently met um, one of the um, organisers of the Men's Shed in um, North Frankston where mm-hmm. they have a community gardens and um, they, they'll donate excess stuff to us as well. Um, also people sometimes drop things in for us, you know, canned goods or um, – you know, my idea is that people can, you know, share things from their garden with other people by mm. bringing it in. You know, if I can't put it in the fridge, I can cook it. So yeah. that's kind of my dream for the fridge is that more people kind of contribute to that. And so they yeah. get that sense of sharing and community. And do you ever have much wasted yourself that unfortunately you can't use or is it? Do you no, much use well, because it's great now with the community fridge. So, you know, anything on a Sunday that we don't use we just package up and put it in the fridge that's right and it all gets used yeah yeah um yeah so it's it's a really good kind of circular thing that we've got going on yeah and do you get enough food from those rescue groups or do you have to sometimes buy it to supplement sometimes we have to buy not often um and obviously we still have to buy things like you know um canned goods or even canned goods we get donated but you know spices or you know nutritional yeast which we all love to put in the food um things like that but um you know we've got people that like to donate and sometimes they'll ask you know what do you want us to donate i was gonna say or do you even like maybe do you ever put it out like saying these are things that we need i haven't i haven't at this point no so supporters could like drop off specifically what yeah yeah but that would be really helpful that's something maybe we can think of doing in the future yeah. 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 Like, because especially the fact that you're not having any waste and like you're mm. using all this food yeah. that would be wasted. And yeah. so I feel like people would be really incentivized or motivated to maybe help give you what you need yeah. to make food out of what would otherwise mm. be waste. And, yeah. You know, yeah. If, if they can sort of fill in that gap or fill in what's missing and donate that so that it's not out of your pocket. Yeah, for sure. We did have um, something going with the Bendigo Bank. They had like a. Um, a little basket there for food but we didn't get anything out of that i think it's actually better if people just go into the op shop and leave it there mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah but yeah i hadn't thought of that like putting up a list yeah, cool. of what we need yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a good idea yeah absolutely i mean i was looking up some of the statistics around food waste and it's really alarming it's depressing isn't it it's really <laughs> really alarming so yeah some of the information I found from the DCEW, which is the Department of Climate Change, yeah. Energy and the Environment and Water, is that globally a third of the um, world's food is wasted. A third. Yeah. And that 25% of the water that's used in agriculture to grow food is ultimately wasted. So if people think about throwing away a hamburger that's wasting the same amount of water as a 90-minute shower. Wow. And most people would think a 90-minute shower is pretty over the top, right? Yeah. In this day and age, throwing out. Oh, no, speak for yourself. I do not have 90-minute showers. (laughs) No, I think that's something within the the hospitality industry that really really affected me um, was the wastage, and especially Mm. when it came to animal products. Um, Mm. I used to see, like, you know, thousands of, you know, k's of stuff getting thrown out. Mm. Um, when I worked in, you know, huge catering businesses. And, um, yeah, that's what really affected me, yeah, with wastage. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I think it's time for a song. Mm-hmm. And what's the first song you'd like to play, Jolene? Um, the first one, I think, is um, Tracy Chapman, um, talking about a revolution. Um, this song I like, I think, because it just gives me a sense of hope. You know, there's always a lot of negativity when we're talking about a lot of things. And whenever I hear this, it kind of makes me feel like change is possible. Don't you know that talking about a revolution sounds Don't you know talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know talking about a revolution Gonna rise up and get their share. Poor people gonna rise up and take what's there. But a revolution Yes, finally the tables are starting to turn Talking about a revolution Oh, no Talking about a revolution Oh, while they're standing in the welfare lines Crying to those of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a don't you know talking about a revolution sounds whisper? And finally the tables are starting to turn. Talking about a revolution. Yes, finally the tables are starting to turn. Talking about a revolution. Oh no. Talking about a revolution. Oh no. Talking about a revolution. Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs flyer on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Wildlife Victoria is a non-profit emergency response service committed to assisting wildlife in need across Victoria. Our trained and dedicated volunteers rescue and rehabilitate sick, injured and orphaned animals so they can be released back to their native habitat. If you see wildlife that may need our help, please contact us on 8400 7300. To donate or register to become a volunteer, hop onto our website at wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. And we're back. This is Freedom of Species, the show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. So today, Trev and Caroline, we are talking to our special guest, Jolene, from Project Fresh Start. And, and we just song. had Sorry. our first song, which was Tracy Chapman's Talking About a Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so Jolene, can we just talk a little bit more about um, Project Fresh Start and I guess 
what you see as some of the most important things that you can do around um, minimising food waste and I guess also creating opportunities for people to learn more about healthy eating? Yeah, sure. Um, we do have some sort of projects that we're kind of um, wanting to do in the future. Um, one of them is um, uh, some recipe books that I'd like to get handed out for free at community centres because um, one of the issues I did find working in the food relief space or volunteering um, was that you might you get plenty of food from these organisations but people don't know what to do with them, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, or people might not have the means to cook them, yeah. you know, especially yeah. in, in Frankston, you know, with our, you know, rough sleeper community as well, you yeah. know, they don't have um, fridges, they don't have, mm -hmm. you know, cooking um, things. So, yeah, you kind of have to really um, be creative when it comes to things like that. Um, but, yeah, definitely we want to do more around education and um and yeah, definitely like our Saturday lunches, we um, yeah. we kind of use a bit of that time to kind of talk to people about what foods are out there and what they can do with them. Um, yeah, so that's definitely something in the future we want to do more of. And yeah, and yeah, often people are trying things for the first time. So that's a big step for us, you know. Absolutely. You know, things yeah. like tofu and, you know, all those things that people are so frightened of. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they had a bad maybe they had a bad experience within That's the past. That's usually what happens, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately. There's a so they think, I they absolutely hate zucchini. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's always been the same. It's like, you know, with the plant milks, we had yeah. the same. You know, someone that tried soy milk 20 years ago is probably going to have that idea that, you know, it's disgusting. But, yeah, yeah, obviously things have changed and things are getting better. But I've, I've even noticed some of the... Um, some of the people that use our services are like, oh, you know, I've been in the supermarket and I've seen this and I've noticed that. And yeah. Yeah, yeah which is really cool, you know. Um, and I made, oh, was it last week I made, had excess of bananas. So, you know, I made smoothies with soy milk and everyone loved them. And, you know, when they came out, they said, that's not cow's milk, is it? <laughs> so, no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, so they're definitely open to trying new things now. So it's it's... You know, once people you get people's trust and, you know, they taste something mm. that tastes okay, they're like, oh, maybe I'll try this or I'll try that. Um, so, yeah, that's the next step is teaching people how to do it themselves at home. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But I'm always open to giving out recipes, anything that I make. So, yeah, we'd like to get that into a book format soon and, and get that out into the community. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Fantastic. So do people ask sometimes you know they've tasted something which is amazing whether that's a lentil shepherd's pie or yeah. whatever it is so do people ask you for the recipe um they haven't yet mm. but yeah that's something yeah. that yeah we definitely want to promote yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's that's the next step mm. Fantastic. It's such an interesting topic isn't it in in terms of food being um a way to um, create connection with people and as yeah. you say you know you really wanted to see what you could do and what you could contribute and yeah. um, within the community in which you're living yeah. but also I guess more broadly in the in the vegan community yeah um, but in terms of I guess just you know initiating discussions about um, animals and the way we commodify and use animals in society yeah. I think we've all you know seen where food is a really powerful way to gently have those conversations definitely and a yeah. positive way and, and like a positive way absolutely. Yeah. It encourages positive absolutely. interactions rather yeah. than starting from like a yeah. negative yeah. or a you know combative sort of yeah i think so point. too like you guys with your chocolates and stuff that you do and whenever you're giving stuff yeah. away for free you notice that people are just more open yeah, yeah. yes and yeah so for yeah. people that might not know what we're talking about it's um carolyn with melbourne cow save and um, some events in the past around World Plant Milk Day and around um, different days that often celebrate with chocolate, so Easter and Valentine's Day and things like that. Mm. We've often done outreach events in the city where we provide free ethical um, food tastings and samplings for people, uh, which is vegan and fair trade options that we try and provide. And, yeah, it's gone down really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think with the chocolate, it's been a great way to have discussions as well around um, organisations like the Food Empowerment 
project yeah. and the issues um, with, you know, child and slave labour that are often hidden in the production of, you know, the big chocolate brands that you'd see in a supermarket or widely available. Yeah. And, and, you know, connecting on that level too, people are really shocked yeah. if they've not heard of that before. Um and, yeah, you know, definitely. it's just a great way to connect people with really powerful resources that are, um, you know, available. Well, yeah. that was something I really wanted to ask Jolene about yeah. because, like, I know from my experience, like, and what Carolyn just said, that often people really compartmentalise issues in their head. And mm. so if something mm. is a vegan or animal issue, it's just that. And then if you're talking about, mm. you know, slavery or other conditions, it's a different thing. But it's often difficult – well, not difficult. It's rarely – combined i find mm. in advocacy mm. spaces like people yeah. people seem to shy away from looking at all these related issues and they'll yeah. try and just focus on one and convince people of one issue and looking at that in isolation how has that affected you either in your activism leading up to project fresh start or with project fresh start like in terms of like yeah because i know in the past that like, we've talked about these sort of issues just yeah. on a personal level so yeah. i know you're interested in those things but how has it affected or like has it been something you've had to consciously think about, like what are the related issues and how to bring them together rather than making people think this is just an animal rights issue or this is just a, yeah. you know, rough sleeping issue or whatever? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's something that was really important to us at Project Fresh Start. You know, we kind of tried to combine animal rights, um, environmental rights and social justice um, all in one space. Um, I did notice that, yeah, obviously when I uh, joined the animal rights movement that yeah there's a lot of different opinions around that and I knew that that was important to me so when I started this organization I made sure that people that um, that joined my organization also um, cared about those same sort of issues um, yeah and everyone that's in in that space does and as I said like a lot of the volunteers that they might not be vegan but they they definitely care about social justice and other issues and mm. And what we were saying before about, you know, they're the ones that are asking for recipes and they're interested in vegan food as well. Mm. So um, mm. we're still having that influence just in a different way, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, all these things combine, obviously. And, um, and yeah, it, it doesn't work just addressing one thing at a time. And I've just found that, yeah, building that, that space and that sense of community um, has been the most valuable part of this, I think. This might be a really difficult question, and I apologise in advance, but do you think in animal or vegan advocacy circles there are some of these other issues that are more neglected than others or ones that you've noticed that need a bit more attention? Definitely, definitely. Um, I think that's one of the things that I noticed in my career. Um, you know, I had a long career as a chef and I worked in a vegan cafe and um, to be honest, there was a part, there was a time in my life where I was just kind of in this little bubble that I created for myself, you know, um, you know, only had vegan friends. I was dating someone who was vegan. I was cooking vegan food. And I just f convinced myself that everyone thought the same way. And so mm -hmm. I realised when I took myself out of that space and joined the rest of society, um, it's a scary thing sometimes because mm. um, you're the one with the lone opinion. But I was really surprised and happy at, at, um, at how well I was accepted when, um, you know, when you show that you can actually be part of the community and you can have a contribution. You know, if you're just sort of a vegan on the side trying to convince people not to do something, instead you're a community member and you're mm. offering something and you're part of the community. People are much more open to that. And, um, and yeah, it's been really personally valuable to me to... Um, to be able to talk about all of these issues at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think in that, for me, um, one of the most beautiful things about what you're doing is that you're giving without any expectation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's really important that people – and people recognise that. Yeah. You know, as you've start, started to develop relationships in yeah. the community. Yeah. In the community in which you live and, and work. Yeah. That um, you've built that trust because yeah. – people know that you are giving and you're giving without that expectation yeah. or, or condition. Yeah, and, exactly. And with some, you know, not-for-profits and with some charitable organisations, yeah. unfortunately that's not the case. Yeah. And as you said in the beginning, yeah. there can be that sense of shame, um, yeah. you know, that sense of, you know, I'm being judged, I'm, you know. A lot of church organisations as well. Mm. I think people mm. feel that expectation that, you know, you need to 
follow a particular faith or you know agree yeah. with what those people are doing yeah we don't ask anything of anyone and um yeah it definitely helps and and a lot of people support what we, but we've only been doing this for you know just nearly two years so yeah i've just been really wrapped at how accepted we've been in the community so yeah yeah, fantastic. And, you know, saying you've only been doing this in two, for yeah. two years, like, you know, you've done a lot in two years and I guess the two years that have been extremely challenging, you know, for everybody. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about the sort of rise of food insecurity because mm-hmm. I feel like, in a sense, it's a little hidden but I do think that the, um, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has, has highlighted so much inequality and so much um, suffering and poverty and food insecurity. Yeah. And, you know, some of the statistics that I was looking at were just really, really shocking. Um, so this is from um, Food Bank, so the Food Bank Hunger Report that um, their analysis found that food insecurity has been on the rise markedly over the last 12 months with 23% of Australian households perceiving they are now struggling financially to access food more often compared to last year. And, you know, wow. in, their, in their analysis, they've, you know, looked at um, that frequency of people struggling to be able to access food yeah. where, you know... In such a wealthy country, I, it just absolutely blows my mind. Absolutely. And, yeah, the, the cost of living, everything is just, you know, yeah. increasing so much. And um, I was really shocked when I started uh, volunteering at Community Support Frankston at, at how much of the community really rely on that service. I mean, that's not just for food, it's for material aid, it's for bills, it's for yeah. all the things that, you know, on a – on a job seeker allowance that you can't afford because you're paying $250 a week, you know, um, which is really sad. And that's another thing that's really affected Frankston is the lack of um, social housing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, we have 90 rooming houses in Frankston all charged between $200 and $300 a week. That doesn't leave you anything. It's just getting bigger and bigger and that's a yeah topic for a whole nother show yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah but yeah that's something that I've really now that I work in the homelessness sector it's something that's really become apparent to me and mm. yeah just during COVID-19 is when community support started their um, food program um, mm-hmm. serving lunches out of the window and it was only meant to be for the period over COVID but um they We're found the lockdown you mean yeah mm. yep yep so they just come to the shed and grab a hot meal yeah but they've had to keep it and it's increased. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. They serve probably about 60 meals a day. Right. Um, yeah. For something that was temporary has now become, you know, uh, a necessity. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's time to do a song. Carolyn was giving me that look. Oh. <laughs> like, I want to do a song. So what's the, uh, what's the second song you'd like to do, Julian? Uh, so the next one's um, Idiotech by Radiohead. Um, and so this song kind of, um, to me, uh, kind of talks about the, you know, absurdity of, you know, of wastage and mm. of, of how we're just headed towards in environmental disaster. And, um, yeah, I guess it's not really a positive song, but it's one to get people to wake up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
3CR is about community and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to 3CR Radio. This is Freedom of Species. And that last song was Idiotech by Radiohead from their album Kid A. Today we've been talking about food insecurity and we've got Jolene as our guest with me and Carolyn, by the way, Trevor and Carolyn. And, um, yeah, we've been talking about her organisation, Project Fresh Start. Mm. Been a fascinating conversation, Jolene. Thanks so much. Can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you came up with this this idea. How did you actually get started in making Project Fresh Start a not-for-profit? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this is an interesting topic because um, I don't think I ever would have got started. I, um, I actually had a co-founder when I started. Uh, it was someone that I um, I worked with in, well, I volunteered with at Community Support who really, um, I had all these great ideas, but I just didn't have the courage to, to do them. And she really pushed me. Her name's Lydia. She really pushed me to do that. She's no longer in the organisation, but she was kind of the, the driver that pushed me to do this. Um, there was also another lady within the organisation that um, was a volunteer and she'd worked in the finance industry and um, and she just said, "Look, it's easy to do a not-for-profit. I'll sign you up today. You know, <laughs> just just give me just give no me problem. three names: a treasurer, a secretary, and, and I'll sign you up today." I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and so I asked my friends <laughs> to do that. Uh, I don't think any of us knew what we we're in for. Um, we all got signed up and we were a not-for-profit. And then, uh, yeah, I guess we've just been learning as we go along about all the roles and responsibilities and what we what we needed to do and and where to get the money from and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, one, of the, one of the first people that I really um, asked to come on board as the vice president was um, Robin Kirby, who um, does a lot of work for Humane mm. Society and... Mm. Um, she's had a long kind of academic career and she's, um, she's been really um, integral to where we um, promote promoting us and um, she actually helped us get our recent grant for um, through the Frankston City Council. We got a community grant uh, for awesome. $7,500, which oh, wow. was um, – people don't realise how much it costs to um, for insurance. Um, so yeah, that, that money yeah. just really goes towards – insurance and sustainable packaging so that's something mm. that we don't um that's very important to us our biodegradable packaging and it costs quite a lot so mm. um mm. yeah between that the insurance and the printing and things like that you know it, it all adds up uh, we were lucky enough to get a grant through australia post um oh, wow. for a thousand dollars which actually purchased the community fridge yeah um, I've got another friend of mine, Carly. Uh, she actually sells shoes for me and gives me all the profits. Oh, wow. Um, there was an organisation through Rotary called Souls for Souls mm-hmm. um, that had a heap of shoes that um, needed someone to distribute them and give the money to charity. So she took on that task and she's raised about $3,000 for us so far. Wow, incredible. Um, she's just slowly in the background doing that for us. Um We've recently had a $2,000 donation from the church, from the op shop that okay. um, that we used to cook in. Uh, they continue to support us. Um, and then there's also kind of individual people that donate. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some really great things out there. And so I would kind of 
for anyone that's thinking about doing a not-for-profit, just do it. You know, everything hmm. else just comes <laughs> along the way and I'm just really lucky to have some really great people supporting us um, that I'm extremely grateful for. Um, yeah, so it, it's, been a, it's been a journey and it's still to continue. You know, eventually yeah. we'd like to become a registered charity and yeah. – um, but that that all takes a lot of work, and we're mm. all learning as we go. And and yeah, it's been really exciting. And and um and yeah. Well, um, you mentioned donations. If people want to yeah. donate to Project Fresh Start, <clears throat> how do they do it? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, well, there's quite a few ways you can do that. Um, obviously through you know monetary donations, you can do through our our page, no problem. Um, the website. Yeah, uh, through Facebook. Through yeah, Facebook. yeah. We're actually currently building a website at the moment, um, okay. but it's not quite ready. But there's a donate function on the Facebook. Um, yeah, there's just our bank details, which you can donate to. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So we'll share that. Yeah, it's later. actually pinned at the top of the page, I think. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. But also, um, we really appreciate food donations. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you've got any tin food or stuff in your cupboard that you want to uh, donate to us, just bring it down to the op shop at 34 Young Street, Frankston. Uh, the lovely ladies will put it aside for us um, and we can use that for cooking. Just mention it's for Project Fresh Start? Or? Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. Uh, also, you know, a lot of people are gardening. Um, they have excess produce. Um, we love using that kind of thing. Um, uh, some of our volunteers work on organic farms and so they'll bring us food as well, which is Fantastic. great. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it might just herbs, just little things like that. All yeah. of this is, um, yeah, really important. Or if you have some beautiful fruit or something that you want to share you can put that directly in the fridge That's and awesome. that was something i really wanted to encourage people you know if there's anyone out there that likes making relishes or jams or something that you can make at home just yeah get in contact because yeah that's the kind of thing we want to put in the fridge too yeah mm. and we just want to it's really important for us to make uh seem like a community sharing project rather yeah. than us just doing it yeah yeah mm. Mm. brilliant and also, if anyone wants to volunteer, of course, um, just get in contact. You know, there's if you don't like cooking, there's all all sorts of jobs that you can do. There's you know picking up the food from from the donators and um, promotions and yeah, all sorts of things that people can help with. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So, how many people do you generally have volunteering with you at this time? Uh, on a Saturday, we can. Uh, well, it's anything from kind of five to five to ten people mm, yeah okay. yeah um it's pretty um relaxed our our roster i don't i don't actually write a roster i just invite everyone to come along on a saturday <laughs> <laughs> and um and it all just comes together um yeah what time is it on a saturday uh yeah so we we run from twelve thirty to one thirty. okay yep and if you're volunteering you get there earlier yeah, yeah, or wherever you, you can get there. You know, some people come for an hour, some people come for the entire time. And, yeah, I like cool. to make it feel like a relaxed kind of fun day rather than a, you know, a chore. Yeah. And, yeah, we have a lot of fun there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good day. Fantastic. And I guess with your chef background, <laughs> you can help people out because I might say, I don't know how to cook that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. You don't have to have any cooking experience <laughs> to come and, and help. And I also really want to encourage people to come along, even if they don't want to be in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It's just nice to sit down with the members of the community and just chat. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there that really like to just come and have a chat. Yeah. And it's just really nice to get to know your local community. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to ask what sort of. Do you know if there's people from different suburbs or neighbouring suburbs that come along as well or how, how wide a community is it? Uh, mainly Frankston, but, yeah, we do get a few people from the neighbouring suburbs that have started to realise that we're there and come along. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so there, there's obviously no limit on that either, you know. And, you know, if you want to come and sit down and have lunch, you're always welcome to do that too, mm. you know. Mm. It's, it's not limited to to anything. And the people that come and, and join us for lunch, they're just so diverse and varied, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, back to the earlier discussion that food is just such a welcoming way to bring people together. I mean, you know, I know we've talked a lot about, mm. um, you know, real need and, yeah. and food insecurity. And you know, that's just heartbreaking, you know, how much dire need there is out there. And yeah. people really don't have um, the resources of the access to yeah to good quality food yeah i did notice that um one thing that's really lacking in a lot of the um 
the food relief organisations is the ability for people to actually sit down. And I think right. this is something that happened um, as a COVID response, but people have kind of kept it. Okay, you can't sit down. It's just, you know, too much of a risk. Mm. And so people collect something. There's something, something that really eat. got lost. Mm. Um, uh, a lot of the value sometimes isn't in the food. It's it's in the conversations and it's yeah. in that sense the of feeling like you belong somewhere. Yeah. With that know. connection that you talked about and, you know, being part of yeah. you know, a greater community. Yeah, yeah, rather than imp- just getting handed out and yeah. having to eat on the street kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's just really nice to be able to do that and... Um, that was one of the things I found really disappointing over COVID is that so many organisations just shut down, like, um, you know, all the churches, all the food organisations. And it was um, it was organisations like the Community Union Defence League and Food Not Bombs were the ones that just kept going the whole time, you know, yeah. and I have a lot of respect for them for that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But now that COVID's, mm. you know, almost finished, I think that we can start to, you know, welcome people in again. You know. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're pretty much out of time. Mm-hmm. We're um, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to ask, Carolyn. Is I mean, it? I know we've got lots of questions, but we've. <laughs> yes. Is there anything else you'd like to mention about the organisation? Um, yeah, there, there was just one more thing um, when we're talking about donating and all that kind of thing. But like, I'd really love to see other organizations just start up these community fridges um it's something that's not really common in australia um Mm. i was really um inspired by uh what was going on in the us and the uk especially over covid these were sort of popping Mm. up everywhere as a means for people to share food but um in australia we have sort of you know community cupboards and things like that but um I think it's time that, yeah, I think a lot of people are frightened because of council regulations and things like that, that um, that they can't get it started. But um, there's definitely ways to do it. So um, if anyone's thinking of starting one up themselves, please get in contact with me. Um, we can kind of talk you through it. That's fantastic. So ideally, you know, multiple suburbs in Yeah, in absolutely. Suburbia, I'd love to, to see one in every it, suburb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's food waste everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's you know, multiple friendly organisations like, you know, yeah. the op shop, et cetera, you'd be happy Well, I to. was terrified at the beginning that yeah. we would fill this fridge and no one would take it. It's at the back of an op shop, you know, but yeah. like, it's, it's, it just gets taken straight away. It's amazing. Well, yeah. again, it's that word of mouth, isn't it? Once people yeah. know and they tell others yeah. and obviously you make delicious food as well, <laughs> so they're keen to come back and, yeah. you know, make use of it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Well, we do have to wrap up. We do. And it's been absolutely fascinating and so inspiring to have you join us today, Jolene. Thanks so much for for what you're doing. (laughs) It's really incredible. And we wish you every success. And we'll share um, links on, you know, what you're doing and where people can donate and some of the things that we've talked about. Yep. And if you missed any of this, it'll be up as a podcast soon on the 3CR website under Freedom of Species. You can listen back to it um, pretty much straight after and then it'll go up as a proper podcast in the coming days. Yep. And we have the podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and the Raw Network. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. All those places. Thanks, Trev. That's okay. Great to Thank see you. you. Thanks, Thanks Trev. Thanks, yeah. Carolyn. Thanks so Been much. Great. Freedom of Species will be back next week between 1 and 2 p.m. on Sunday afternoons. And coming up next is Rotations. And you're listening to 3CR. This final song is Thelma Plum with Better in Black.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.